every word, every promise spoken directs us to Christ. He is our hope. He is our salvation. He is our Savior. He is the one whom God the Father sent to us to give to us what He had received from the Father. Amen? Amen. All that the Father hath, He says, are mine. And all of mine, He says, are thine. And all that the Father has given to me, His words, His life, His Spirit, His love, all that God is, and all that God shows Himself to be to us, God, He does so through Jesus. He's, he is our mediator between us and God. He is the one who stands before God for us. When He stands, the Father listens. When He raises His blood before the Father, the Father hears. He looks at the blood of the Son. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And He says, your sins are forgiven. He looks at the work of His Son. And He said, it is finished. I am satisfied. The law is satisfied. The justice of God is satisfied. Everything that, everything, everything that God uh, uh, has to say to us, He is saying to us through the Son. Amen. So Jesus is very important to us. And so when we lift up Christ to the world, when we preach Christ, when we preach Jesus, when He becomes the center of our message in the center of our lives. I'm not preaching doctrines of men. I don't preach religion. I don't preach denominationalism or church entity. But I preach Christ. I preach Jesus crucified and risen again. He is the risen Christ. Amen. So you see what it, you see what it does. It's reaching out. And people all over, people from all over the world, we hear from them all the time with similar set testimonies. How God is intervening in their lives and bringing health and healing and salvation and, and, and saving souls and saving lives and just saving families, restoring families and restoring people back to the Lord. And it just, I'm just, I'm very grateful and I'm very humbled by it all that God would use this little place to reach out to so many that are listening. And so, Praise God. Uh, that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of us being here. Is to minister the word of Christ to you and to all who listen. Praise God. Paul says, I came to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, it changed his whole life. All that he knew, the learned man, 
the most well-learned, educated, uh, trained individual in the, in, in the Sanhedrin court. The most brilliant mind among them. Of all that he had learned and all that he knew throughout his, his life became nothing in the light of Jesus. When he found Jesus, his whole perspective changed. His whole mind pattern changed. The light of God shone brightly throughout the Scriptures, through the prophets and the Psalms, and he saw Christ in every page. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord laid in my heart. Preach Jesus. Preach Christ. Amen. Amen. Because when you hear about Jesus, man, you want to hear more. <laughs> I mean, when you hear about the Lord, that, that satisfies and it brings health and healing and salvation. It, it, meet, it meets with you where you are. Christ meets you where you are. In, in your situation in life. Whatever it is your situation is in life. When we present Christ, it meets you right there. Jesus, the man, the Son of God. Hallelujah. There is one God and one mediator between man and God. The man, Christ Jesus. He is there for us, for you, for me. Praise God. And He knows your hurt and your pain and your feeling and your sorrow and your sins and all about you. He knows about your life. Hallelujah. So when we, when we point you to Christ and, and lift Him up and let you know, praise God, how much He cares and how much He, he, he died for you. He, he was buried and rose again for you. He's alive for you right now. And when you hear that over and over and over again, it never grows weary. It never grows tired. It never grows old. It's always new. It's eternal. The story of Jesus Christ is eternal. The message of Jesus never grows old. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if it was anybody else <laughs> or anything else, you wouldn't want to hear it, That's would right. you? Right. You wouldn't be here if it, if it was anything else. But if, as, long as, I, as long as I keep you interested in Jesus, I believe you're going to show up. <laughs> as long as I keep you interested in Jesus, I believe you're going to have interest in it. Amen. And people are going to listen to what i got to say. Amen. And same thing with you. Hallelujah. I don't know what to tell people when I talk to them. Just tell them about Jesus. Don't, for God's sake, don't tell them all about you. Tell them about Jesus. Because if you tell them about you, then I believe they're worse off than it was when you first met them. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all understand, don't you? <laughs> That's all I have to say. You understand. Lance, I love you, brother. Praise God. I love this man. He's just... Yeah. Uh, he's just a... He's a good guy. Can I give a testimony? Yes, ma'am. Do I need to 
calls to be lights in a dark world. Monday through Thursday, I was sick in bed, stayed at the hotel room all week. Friday, I was feeling better, so we went over to the casino to donate $20. <laughs> 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 and as, as we were leaving, somebody had fallen down the steps, was laying on the landing. There was like seven firemen around her. Oh my and she was not conscious, as far as I could tell, when we showed well, she showed up. She was awake. She was awake. But I just stood there and put my hand out towards her, and everybody just stopped. And I prayed over her. I didn't do it out loud. I just said, let her injuries not be serious let her have complete healing in Jesus' name. And they waited till I was done, and then they strapped her up and was getting ready to take Praise her Lord. away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That That's beautiful. Amen. That's beautiful. Amen. That's beautiful. Amen. It really is amazing. The name of Jesus commands respect. And there's going to be some that won't respect Him. There's going to be some that will not honor Christ. But for the most part, anywhere you go, when you begin to speak out in His name or pray or tell others in public about Him, there is respect. Now the devil tries to take that away. Uh, you know, he's always trying to stir up somebody with something. But you know what? Christ wins in the end. He will rule this earth. Amen. Amen. He will be victorious over all, and He will rule the nations with a rod of iron. And His enemies will be subjected to Him. Until that time, Christ extends mercy and grace and forgiveness and understanding and all the, the good things of God, Christ, extends to the world. Amen. So that, that's beautiful. When we extend Christ and others stop in respect, uh, that gives honor. That gives honor to God. Amen. Jesus said, men will see your good works. Men, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Turn with me real quickly in your Bible, if you want to. Book of Luke. It's 11.30. It's getting late. Say, Lord, help him not to be so long this morning. I mean, it's already 11.30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 14. Then, verse 16, verse 16. Then said he unto him, which is Jesus speaking here. A certain man made a great supper. And he bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. <coughs> they were begging off. 
The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray you have me excused. Another one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray you have me excused. Another said, I've just married a wife, therefore I can't come. So the servant came and showed him, Lord, these things. The master of the house, being angry, he said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. The servant said, Lord, it's done as you have commanded, and yet there's still room. The Lord said to his servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges. Compel them to come in that my house may be full or may be filled. For I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I believe the Lord likes a full house. Amen. Amen. The Lord likes a full house. Now, these, these people that he, that he had invited, begged off. Now, listen, what they actually did was just lie. <clears throat> you don't go buy a piece of land without first looking at it. He said, I got bought a piece of land, I got to go look at it. The other guy said, I, got, I bought, bought, uh, bought some oxen, which was 10 of them. There's five yokes, that's 10 oxen. <coughs> Go to prove them. You don't do that. You don't, you don't buy oxen without first looking at them. I mean, who's ever heard of a guy going here and buying a horse, just, you know, just buy a horse, then go look at it, see what kind of horse it is? You're always going to go look at it first before you buy. Isn't that right? The other fellow that got married uh, was rightly so. But the fact of the matter is, instead of saying, I, I, you know, I'm not, I can't come, what he was actually saying is, I don't want to come. I ain't coming. Right. Under the law, God gave Moses the law about marriage. He said when a, when a couple first get, when they get married, uh, for the first year, the groom is to stay at home. For a whole year, he is not to go out anywhere to do any kind of business. He is to stay at home the first year of his marriage. To be with his wife, to cheer up his wife. <laughs> that was the law of Moses. When they first got married, a couple first when they first get married, the groom is not to go anywhere do anything out anywhere, do any kind of business. He is to stay at home and keep his wife happy for the first full year of marriage. Now, there's a reason for that. God knows what that is. <laughs> he knows what, keep, keep it. I mean, evidently God is saying, look, there needs to be a bond. You know, they need to bond together. They need to, because, because we all full well know that, that young, young couples get married the first year is one of the rough, the roughest years. The enemy's going to try to come in and 
break you up and and uh, cause problems and friction and even cause you to separate and divorce before the first year's up. Some people some people get married and get, get divorced earlier than that. So the Lord says, come together, don't do anything, stick together, stay with your wife, make her happy. <laughs> don't do anything, just stay there with your wife. But so he said, look, I just, I just got married and I can't. What he was really saying is, I won't. Amen. He could have, but he didn't. <laughs> he was invited to the supper, but he said, no. Uh, I got a real good excuse here. <laughs> I'm not going to come. But the Lord says, I've prepared this great supper. Can you imagine if you prepare a great meal for somebody? Uh, have you ever done that? Prepared a meal for somebody to come in and they didn't show up? All that food you got there, you know. Uh, and they, they didn't come. They didn't show up. So this made the man angry. I have done all of this. I have laid the table it, it, uh, it, it's a banquet. It's a king's meal. Some of the most wonderful food is on that table. Gourmet dishes. The best of the best of meats and dishes and salads and cheeses and drinks. The best of everything. I love good food. How many loves good food? <laughs> Uh, I remember uh, some years ago when uh, our, our son-in-law, Sabrina's first husband, that was killed uh, in an accident some years ago, they would take us to a uh, a thing that uh, put on by the universities of a of a uh, banquet. They would have they would set it up someplace, real nice. They'd invite. The parents of the you know of, of uh, the pupils that went to this university to go to this. It was at Christmas time, and they'd set up these beautiful tables and beautiful tablecloths. They used china and and crystal on the table, beautiful crystal, and they'd have the beautiful uh, ornaments and and candles and flowers, and, and then they had they had a group this group of, of singers from the university. They would dress up in the 15th century costume, <clears throat> beautiful clothes, beautiful costumes. And they'd come in, there'd be maybe 40, 50 of them, and they'd come in and walk around and sing a cappella without music. And they would sing these old songs from way back in the 1500s. I forget what you call that. Uh, maybe some of you could call the name. Beautiful, uh, beautiful music, beautiful songs, or songs. And, and they would have, bring out a real beautiful meal, prepare it for you, and they'd bring it around your table and wait on you and bring it to you, up to your table and sit in front of you. And you'd, we dressed up, you know, in nice clothes, suit. I wore a suit. She wore a nice dress. It was, it was an evening gown, you know, and we'd go out and, and, and be entertained by these pupils from this university that would sing these beautiful, beautiful melodies from, from way back. Can you imagine nobody showing up when they got all that together? <laughs> they prepared all the tables and put all the, the crystal and china out on the tables and prepared all the beautiful food and brought it out. And nobody's there. 
Somebody be mad. <laughs> that would make somebody upset. That upset somebody. The Lord of his house was upset. Let me tell you what God does. What God does for us and what God wants has for you and for all of us is the very best. What Christ has prepared for us is the very best. Hallelujah. What Christ has what Christ has brought. Amen. Was it a great price for himself? But he did it because he loved us and God wanted us to have the very best of heaven. When people turn away Christ, they turn away the very best that God has. Jesus is not just some historical figure or some other head of some other religion. Jesus is one whom God has sent from heaven. Hallelujah. And if He came from heaven, then He comes with God's very best for me and you. And Christ is saying, go out and get them that were bidden to come in. Now mainly here in this story, Christ is speaking to the Jewish people who at that time was rejecting Him. Many believed on Him. But as a whole nation, as a whole people, they rejected Christ. And so Jesus is saying, look, God God has prepared for you a great feast. God has prepared a table for you. You remember what the psalmist says. He could, he could have quoted David in the 23rd Psalm and say, remember what David said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. But as each one makes an excuse... They can't come, they won't come. It seems like no matter what God offers some people, no matter what God promises, no matter what God has prepared for some people, they always have some reason, some excuse to not come and receive. And we're not just talking about church, coming to church Sunday morning. We're talking about anywhere at any time. But church is a good place to go and get it. Amen. Because there's a lot of people there that's already feasting, a lot of people there that's already received, and they're there to help you and encourage you and and to make you feel like you're not alone. You're not alone. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to enjoy something with somebody else, is it not? It's wonderful to have something that you know is given to you it's like, it's like Christmas morning when you wake up and go to the Christmas tree and everybody gathers around. It'd be sad if everybody else wasn't there but just you. Isn't that right? That'd be sad, wouldn't it, Lance? But it's wonderful when you get up and the whole family's there and you're there to enjoy one another and you're giving things to each other and that just makes everything that much more joyful, much more pleasurable, much more beautiful, more fun. It's, 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 it's really something that you share with one another. Now, a lot of folks don't like Christmas and they don't celebrate. That's okay. 
That's how you feel? Go ahead. You don't have to celebrate it. But those of you that do, it's an enjoyable thing to celebrate Christmas with one another. Or birthdays or whatever the special event is. When people come around that, uh, you know, that you know, loved ones and friends and relatives and people, uh, it makes it all that much more enjoyable. Thanksgiving time when you cook that big meal and you have all the trimmings and the turkey and all the trimmings laid out on the table and, and prepared and ready to eat and everybody gathers around to eat of this. They don't, you don't want to be there by yourself. You want somebody else to come and enjoy it with you. Amen. Ain't that right? <clears throat> so God's people feel the same way. They want others who have not as yet known Christ or have received from God, they want them to also have what they themselves have received of God. If we don't feel that way, then I wonder if what we have is really the real thing or not. I mean, when you taste something that's good, when somebody offers you something that's good to eat, like when you bring stuff here to church on Sunday morning, When you cook a cake or make cookies and you know whatever it is out there, and you bring it up, and somebody takes a bite of it, and says, mm, that sure is good, and they say, mm, that sure is good, and you say, well, let me have a bite of that. <laughs> what is that? Is that that good? Well, that's really good. And you start, and you both begin to enjoy because, and the person that eats it wants the other guy to know, man, this is good stuff. You got to have some of this, right? Yeah. Now, whoever heard of somebody saying, oh, I don't want none of that. I've come. Well, I look pretty good, but I don't. No, if if you, <laughs> not unless you're just somebody's trying to lose weight, or you know, or, you got some excuses, some reason why you're just not going to eat that. But if you're a normal human being, <laughs> if everything's normal for you, praise God, you're going to walk up and say, "Man, let me try some of that." Amen. Because the person who is eating of it has made such a big to-do about it. And you say, man, that must be pretty good. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, look at this guy. He really likes it. I guess it must be pretty good. That's the, way, that's the way we are in God. When others who don't know God see those who do know God, they say, hmm, that must be pretty good stuff there. Let me try some of that. Jesus told his servants, did you go out? Those that made an excuse after I invited them and they didn't want to come, they just flat and are not going to come. They're, they're begging off. They're just lying. And they're not, they're not really going to come. Okay, they're not going to come. But I'm not going to have an empty house. You go out there in highways and hedges. You bring the halt, the lame, the blind. You bring all these people in here. And it says it's been done. He says, you go out in the highways and hedges. Go out into the, go out into the, the, the gutters. Go out, go out into the lowest places in town and bring whoever you can find. Compel anybody you find along the way to come to my house. That word compel is very strong. Hallelujah. That word compel. Repel, compel is regarded as a moral persuasion. And it is not by violent force. That sounds familiar today. In today's political world. So many out there violently trying to compel people. Jesus said go compel them. How do we compel them? With His Word. Use His Word, and His Word, praise God, listen to me, His Word 
can overcome the sinner's despair. The words of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, can overcome the sinner's despair. Have you ever met anybody in despair? How many people have I talked to throughout my lifetime? People that I've counseled with or talked with and prayed with over the years who were in despair. They They were so in despair. So down. So discouraged. About ready to give up. About ready to quit. About ready to run off. About ready, no, I just can't believe this. And you begin to begin to teach them and tell them the sweet words of Jesus. And suddenly all that despair begins to change and to drop off. And a smile comes across their face. And you see hope and the light of hope come up in their eyes. And they know that God is still on the throne. And that there's hope for them. They don't have to live in despair. And they don't have to run off. But they can find help. They can find what they need in life. Because the words of Jesus are sweet and sweeter than honey. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me tell you, are you bitter? Are you angry? Are you discouraged? Are you in despair? Take a taste of this honey and let it go. Let it run down your throat and go into your belly and see how sweet and see how good it is. Man, I got good news for you. You don't have to sit here any longer. You don't have to live here no more. God has prepared a place for you. You don't have to despair of life. You don't have to be like the rest of everybody else and give up and go away. Are you going to give up and go away? Are you going to taste? Is there hope for me? Is there hope? Is there really a chance for me. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I just don't know. But God knows. I can guarantee you what God said. It's not me. It's not you. But we have His Word. And you can bank on His Word. Jesus said, I have prepared a table. I've prepared a place. A banquet. When Jesus, after He rose from the dead, called His disciples, and they had gone fishing. You remember the story. I've preached on that several times. Peter said, I'm going fishing. They went fishing. And catch anything. Jesus stood on the bank. Said, "Cast on the right side, you'll find." I preached. I remember him preached that sermon here a few years ago. The right side. One, the left side was the right side. Cast on the right side. He's always on the right side. He never found Jesus on the left. He's always on the right. The left right there. And that's far as I can go with that one right there. But you understand if you catch it. Throw it out there, you catch it. He's the right one. 
Man is not the right one. Parties are not the right one. Jesus is the right one. Amen. And Jesus is not a Republican and he's not a Democrat. Amen. He's the son of the living God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the light of the world. He's the Savior. He's the great teacher and the great master. He's the creator of all things. God made all things by Him. He's the Word who became flesh. And God created all things by His Word. Do you hear me? You don't understand that and neither do I, but I believe it. (laughs) I accept it as fact. He made all things by the Word. Jesus is that Word. Jesus is standing there. And when when they realize it was Jesus... John said, it's the Lord. Peter jumped out of the boat. He didn't wait to put his, put his shirt on. He jumped out of the boat and swam toward the bank, shore. And when he got there, they'd caught a, bunch, they'd caught a load of fishes. I mean, it was, so, it was so big, they couldn't hardly pull it in. It was just a big, big net full of fish. But what did Jesus say to them next? Come and dine. I've prepared, but I've got all these fish. Ain't no need me. I got all these. What am I, what am I going to do? With God gave you those fish. Amen. How many people today say, I have everything I need. I don't need to come to Jesus. I don't need to come to God. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to listen to all this religious stuff. I have everything I need in life. I'm just fine the way I am. And they don't realize that what they have was given to them of God. But the gifts that they have take them away. The gifts that they have divert their minds and their thoughts. Away. They had a boat full of fish. But Jesus said, coming down, what did he, he had a bunch of fish cooking on the fire. <laughs> what in the world is he doing fishing? What is Jesus doing cooking a bunch of fish on the fire when they just bought a whole, got a whole boat load of fish? They just caught them. You ever wondered that? I've wondered that lots of times. I mean, he just told them how to catch fish. They caught a whole bunch of fish. It was a net full of fish. And here Jesus is over here cooking more. <laughs> but here's the point. Here's the point. It's not the gifts that he gives. It's what he himself has for you. Personally. You can have a boatload. You can have all that boatload of fish. I want the fish Jesus has got. Take all that God gives you. Take it. That's fine. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. But Jesus says, Come and eat with me. Stay with me for a while. But what are we going to do with all these fish? I often wonder that. Though they caught all these fish, what in the world do they do with all them fish? They're going to just lay, let them lay there in the boat and die? Hello? 
Man, you get a boatload of fish and you don't do something with them right quick, put them on ice or something, they're going to die. They weren't worried about that. He said, bring what you caught. Just bring them with you. I don't know what in the world they did with them. <laughs> if it had been me, I guess I made about bed to put them on a stringer and let them out in the water. <laughs> That's what we used to do when we was kids, go fishing yeah. at some pond, you know, catch a fish and get you a limb off a tree. How many has ever done that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strip that limb down real good and stick that through the fins, of, through the, gull, uh, the uh, gills of the fish, and let it hang out there in the water. Let's stand so it wouldn't die. What are they going to do with all these fish? He said, bring them with you. All right. But I've got some cooking here. Come. Come and eat with me. But we got to take care of business first. I mean, I got these horses and this wife and this land, and I got this money. I got all these fish. I got to take care of business first. Not realizing God's the one that gave you the wife. He gave you that land. And He gave you those oxen and those cattle and those horses. He gave you your house. He gave you the money that you got in your pocket. He gave you everything you have. There's nothing you have that wasn't given to you. So why do you act like it wasn't given to you? Why do people act like this is mine and I ain't got time for nothing else but what's mine? I'm going to busy myself with what's mine. I'm going to busy my life doing what is my business. I ain't got to come. I got a good excuse anyway. Jesus said, Go out. Find everybody. Everybody you meet. Everybody you meet. I don't care who they are. Walk up to him and say, Hey, buddy. He's laying in the street. Clothes is all ragged. He looks like he hadn't eaten in two or three days. He's been begging for money just to live. <coughs> and he walks up to that poor man and says, Hey, you like roast beef? <laughs> yeah. You like ribs? <laughs> In case y'all didn't know, that's a rib eating man right there. Every time we go out to eat somewhere, he orders ribs. That's, that's the third or fourth time I've seen him order ribs. He likes ribs. Walk up to somebody and say, Man, you like ribs. Well, old guy, poor old guy says, man, I like anything. You just give me some good old fried chicken. That's fine with me. I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah, but man, we got T-bone steaks. What's that other one? That, 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 that real expensive, that real expensive meat. Filet mignon, all the other one. Hey, filet mignon's a good one. Prime rib, prime rib. We got prime rib, man. We got prime rib. <laughs> we got the best of everything. 
king's banquet. Everything that you could imagine is on that table. Hallelujah. How would you like to come? Well, look, that sounds real good, buddy, but I ain't got no money for nothing like that. How much is it going to cost? sit around a few little while and wait and go back and eat again. Just like Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> go back for seconds and thirds and fourths. And in the evening when you all are getting y'all, you know, and you're letting all that stuff settle in, go back and get you another plate full. Praise God. <laughs> you can just eat until your heart content. You can eat and eat and eat and eat all you want. It cost you anything. The best. The best that anyone can offer. Go out and compel them. Anywhere and everywhere. Paul one time went down with some companions of his. Barnabas had not as yet joined him. He might have been in the bunch. But him and Barnabas had not as yet joined together. But he was in the crowd with Paul. And they went down to a certain country. I believe it was Antioch, to a town, Antioch. And he went into the synagogue of the Jews and began to tell them the sweet story of Jesus. How that God had brought Israel out of Egypt through the promises of God, Christ came through David. He began to explain to them how Jesus was the fulfillment of all of these things. And they said, that sounds good. That's real good. You keep going on like you are. And the Gentiles were standing around. They had listened. They had heard. And they said, we want to hear more about this. We want to hear more about the Word of Jesus. Tell us more. So the next Sabbath, they got together and the whole town shows up. And the Jews got angry about that. Because they thought this was offered to them and not to the Gentiles. And Paul says, we've come and offered it to you. You have rejected it. Counted yourselves unworthy of this gospel. Therefore, we will turn to the Gentile. As God has said, I will call them my people who were not my people. Amen. He said, because the Gentiles have freely and joyfully received what has been offered to them. Soon as they heard the word, soon as they heard it, man, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. And Paul says, okay, I'll be there. Whenever you find somebody like that, don't turn them away. Give them all you got. 
tell them everything you know. Hallelujah. Dish it out for them and tell them what God has prepared for them. And let them come and let them eat and dine at God's table. Hallelujah. Because there's always going to be somebody somewhere to make an excuse that they don't have time for God. They don't have time to sit down and eat. They don't, they don't have the time to fellowship. They have better things to do in life. But there will always be those who when they hear the Word, and maybe they're hurting, and maybe they're desperate, and maybe they're in despair, and when they hear the Word of hope, it gives them hope. And they want to hear more. So children of God, servants of God, don't give up. God sent us to tell everybody. Not everybody is going to hear. Not everybody is going to be hungry. Not everybody is going to come and die. But somebody will. I've seen people in my lifetime that I've prayed for and prayed for year after year after year. God save them, God save them, God bring them in, God bring them in. And many, many years passed until finally they came in and God saved them. You never give up. You always pray. You always believe that God hears your prayers and that you're there to serve God and you're there to give forth His Word, His Word of hope, His Word of faith because God will save them that eventually, sooner or later, they're going to come in because God is the one that saves. You're not the one that saves Him. God is. You give Him His Word and He'll save them. Well, now, them people don't want to listen to me. I, you know, I don't have much to say to them. Well, you probably don't. But you give them what God tells you to say. He's got plenty to say. If you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, He has plenty to say to people. Amen? He said, go ye into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. To everyone. And don't worry about those who had not got time. Don't worry about those who are always making excuses. Don't worry about those who say, well, I just don't believe in that. Don't give up and quit. Go to the next one. <laughs> I, you know, if you find some bum in the street that don't want to come, go to the next bum. Let them come, amen? There's always somebody ready. God eventually, or really the bottom line is God has prepared everything. God has already prepared them souls to come. The Bible says He added to the church daily such as should be saved. God, 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 the bottom line is that God knows each and every soul and who will come and who will not. I don't know it. You don't know it. But He knows. So give His Word to everyone. Freely you have received. Freely give. Hallelujah. You've been sitting at the table eating. Amen. Go out and tell somebody about it. Come in. Because it's been prepared. Hallelujah. Now let me finish, let me finish this up. If any man come to me and does not hate his father and his mother and his wife and children and his brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, also, he cannot be my disciple. What Jesus is saying here is that he must be first and foremost in our lives. 
He must be number one in our lives. If He is not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Did you hear me? If He is not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has sufficient to finish? Or he said, what king is there that goes to to make war will not sit down and decide whether or not he can face his enemy with who has 20,000 troops and he has only 10,000. Sit down and count the cost whether or not you can do this. And that's what Christ does. That's what God is saying to the world. I offer you this. I've prepared this for you. Can you come? Will you come? I compel you to come. I implore you to come. Hallelujah. You're dying. You're desperate. And you need what I have for you. Come and be filled. Come and stay with me. Come into my house so that we'll be full. There's nothing that God will refuse anyone who will say, yes, Lord, I'm coming. There's nothing God will refuse a man who cries out. The Bible says, if you cry out to the Lord, He will hear you. If you come to the Lord with all of your heart, He will hear you. When you're desperate enough and somebody offers you salvation, offers you a way out, He will not refuse you. You can go all the way to the bottom of the barrel in life. It doesn't matter how far down you go in life. God will meet you there. No matter how far, how bad things are in life, God will meet you there. He says, go and compel them, everyone, to come. But they can't come. They they, they have no business being here. I mean, we don't want people like that coming in here. Huh? How many times have we seen Christians act that way towards other people? We don't want that kind coming in here. God says, you go and compel everyone that my house may be full. People have asked me, what kind of preacher are you, Brother Bob? What in the world did you believe? You preach. I said, I preach Jesus. <laughs> Just exactly what do you believe? I believe what God says. People want to get down there when they want to debate and quarrel and fuss and contend over certain topics and certain subjects in the Bible that divide them. The Word of God shouldn't divide us. It should unite us together. Amen? But everyone is welcome in this house. Every one of us here wants to sit down and sit down and discuss certain things in the Bible. We might find out that we disagree on certain things. Huh? I mean, you know, uh, 
mean, uh, Lance is over here eating, eating uh, ribs. <laughs> and I'm over here eating fried chicken. Yeah. And Robbie's over here. I don't know what he's eating. <laughs> yeah, he's eating a hamburger. You know? And we might all disagree on what it is we're, we're going to eat or what we like. But I don't matter. We're all sitting down. We're all eating. God's Word is so rich and so full. And there is so much to talk about and so much to learn. And so much. I love to sit down and talk with anybody about what God says and learn from one another. And not, you know, not try to dominate over you. And try to try to tell you uh, things that I believe that you believe, and and if you don't believe like I do, well, I ain't got nothing to do with you, and uh, you can't come here because you don't believe like I do. Division, division in the church. God is not the author of confusion. That's right. He says you compel them to come in. You compel them. I don't care where they come from, who they are, what they look like, what they believe. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't care if they're poor or rich. I don't care if they're down and out. I don't care what they are. You go out there and you bring them. You compel them to come into my house. And that's what we do here. We compel anybody and everybody. Come join us. Come be here with us. Because we're eating at the Father's table. We're partaking of His Spirit. Praise God. Jesus said, Hallelujah. I give unto you what I have, I give to you. He says, My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. He said, What I receive of my Father, I give to you. Hallelujah. What do we have here? We have everything that He gives to us. We have everything that we need. And praise God, we don't have to debate. We can disagree, but we don't have to debate. There may be some things that's that's unimportant, has nothing to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You may not like chicken, and I may not like ribs. That's okay. We can sit down and eat together. I do like ribs. I'm just trying to make a point. Some of you like to eat raw fish. How about frog legs? How about crawdads? Here's a good one. How about pork brains? Everybody like that? Cow brains and cow tongue, pig's feet, and every kind of thing. What do you think of? That's a fellow on TV. He's come on. I guess he's still on. I don't know if he's still on television or not. He's, he goes all over the world trying to t- uh, tasting food. Forget his name. He went to some Muslim country, and what they do is they take beef and cook it. And they might not even cook it. And let it sit for about a week in the sun, get real hot and ripe, get it real, real fresh, you're real ripe. And they take that meat, chop it up real good, and mix it with, with eggs and eat it. Well, if that's what you like, help yourself. But God is telling us, He has prepared everything for us. And we're all welcome in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's compel. Let's not argue and debate over certain points.
points and ideas about serving. But let's, let's bring the people to the table of Christ. And he says, come. Now what did Jesus say? I'm going to close. Jesus said, come and dine with me. And I, I guarantee you that whatever have, Jesus has, you're going to like it. There ain't one person anywhere in this world who has ever tasted of what Jesus offers that they don't like. He's the flavor. He is a taste that suits everyone. Hallelujah. We may disagree on a lot of things, but we can't disagree with Jesus. We may not want to partake of certain things with one another, but we can partake of Christ. He binds us together. He joins us together with His love, with His faith, with His Spirit. Hallelujah. His Spirit in each and every one of us. Praise God. Praise God. And I found, I found out that when I partake of what Jesus gives, I can get along with somebody that may not agree with me about everything. <laughs> when I get in there with Jesus, I can get along with Peter. I can get along with John. I can get along with James. I can sit down with anybody as long as Jesus is there. Everything's alright. It doesn't matter whether you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Church of Christ, or Catholic, or anything else. If Jesus is there, I can sit down with you. And I can fellowship with you. Because the supper that Jesus provides and He gives to us binds us together and makes us one in Him. He is the one. He's the important one. What He has to offer, what He has to give to each and every soul. Hallelujah. That's what makes it rich. That's what makes it wonderful. That's what makes it worthwhile. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it last. Hallelujah. Anything else ain't going to last but what Jesus gives. It lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts. Amen. It'll never wear out. It'll never grow old. Praise God. You may get tired of eating ribs after a while. You may get tired of eating chicken after a while. You may get tired of eating <laughs> cow brains and pig feet after a while. But you're never going to get tired of what Jesus has to give you. <laughs> what He has to prepare, what He has prepared for you will always be good. And it'll always, it will always draw us to Him and make us in fellowship with Him. Jesus said, you want to go down here? You want to go down to the local burger joint or you want to come with me? <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying, do you? <laughs> you want to go down here to the local pigsty? You want to come with me? You want to lay in the ditch? Or do you want to come and sit with me? Hallelujah. Do you want to live the rest of your life in the gutter? Or do you want to sit at the king's table? Praise God. But there's only certain kind of foods I like. Jesus said, hey, whatever I have, you're going to like it. I don't eat that kind of stuff. 
Now, I've got to have certain, certain food. You know, if you, <laughs> the older we get, I, I find out the older, the older people get, that's the way they, they get more and more that way. Well, I can only eat certain kinds of food, and I understand that, and you can only eat certain kind of food. That's fine. Jesus said, well, whatever it is, you're going to like it. Amen. Whatever I've prepared, it'll be just right. It ain't going to be too salty or too hot. Are too spicy. It's not going. It's not going to give you. In, <laughs> not going to give you indigestion. <laughs> You're going to be glad you come. You're going to be glad you sit down with me. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, when you come, you're not going to want to leave. But he says, "I want you to go." Come and eat. And when you get through eating, get up and go tell somebody else about it. And let them come. Let them come and taste and see how good God is. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How good is God? God says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Be reasonable. Be rational. Think of what I'm saying. Think of where you are and where you could be. Think of what you don't have and what you could have. I give you life and life more abundantly. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy you. But I come to give you life. Follow me. Come, eat with me. Stay a while. Come and fellowship with me. Come and visit and stay. I'll come and visit. The Lord says, okay, come and visit. I did <laughs> when I came to the Lord many years ago I decided this is where I want to stay and I've been eating at his table ever since what am I who am I I tell you I'm Mephibosheth Mephibosheth how many knows who that is you know who it is is that am I saying it right Mephibosheth he was the son of Jonathan I believe it, right? The son of Jonathan. The son of King Saul. And Jonathan was David's closest and dearest friend. And he's fought alongside his, his father Saul in battle. And they both fell in one day. Saul and Jonathan. But Jonathan was very close to David. He says, he says you know, you're very dear to me, my brother. Your love for me has been more than that of women. And that doesn't mean he was a homosexual. It simply meant his, he, he loved him dearly. He was very close to him. He loved him dearly. He was close-knit. Their souls were, were bound together. 
He loved Jonathan like a brother, more than a brother. And when he died, David said, Is there anybody left of the house of Jonathan that I can show kindness to? And there was Mephibosheth. He was crippled. He was born crippled. He couldn't walk. He was a cripple. And David said, Set him a place at my table. He shall eat at the king's table all the days of his life. And they brought Mephibosheth in. Carried him in every day of his life. For the rest of his days, he sat at the king's table and ate the king's food. Who am I this morning? I'm Mephibosheth. I was a cripple. I was lost. I was undone. But somebody brought me in and set me down at the king's table where I've been feasting ever since. Hallelujah. And I've been out telling other people about it. It says, come on into my father's house. There's room enough for you. There's more empty seats and he likes a full house. And God's not going to quit until his house is full. Aren't you glad you're included in that? Aren't you glad that one day when you get to heaven, there's going to be chairs everywhere and you're going to walk up and your name's going to be on one of those chairs? Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 When you walk into this church, it's the same thing. You may not see your name on that, but your name's on one of these chairs. But when you get to glory, your name's going to be written in gold. I believe it'll be written in gold. And there's going to be a chair that says, that's just for you. There's your name. And the angel's going to say, there's your chair. Just for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. In my Father's house, Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I have gone to prepare a place and where I go. I'll come back and receive it to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning. For the bounty, for the bountifulness, and the richness of your grace. Thank you, God, for preparing such a wonderful, fulfilling, satisfying, table before us. Thank you, Father, because of all the precious promises that we have in Christ. Help us, God, to to be able to compel others. To be able to persuade others. To show them. To give them a taste. Let the Spirit of God that is in us reach out to others, Lord, that they may taste of the Lord and see that He's good. And lift them up out of their malady and out of their situation. Bring them to the Father's house. In Jesus' name. God, the whole world's hurting. You know, there's so many hurting, so many, so many hurting in the world today. So many broken families and broken homes and broken hearts and broken lives. The Father, you said, go and compel them to come in. That they may eat. Be satisfied. Be satisfied that their lives may be 
fulfilled in Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for what you've given to us. Help us to share and help us to praise your name and be thankful. Make us truly.